Hi, Danny V here, host of Words and Nerds. This podcast is proudly partnered with Australia Reads, which is a not-for-profit initiative on a mission to get more people reading more books more often. The Australia Reads organisation believe reading is the key to a smarter, healthier, happier nation, as I do. For more information, head to australiareads.org.au. And now, it's over to your takeover hosts, Australia Reads Ambassadors, Felice Arena and Adrian Beck. Hello everyone and welcome to this Words and Nerds Takeover episode, part of a trilogy of episodes to celebrate Australia Reads. Your takeover hosts are much-loved, award-winning, best-selling author Felice Arena and me, Adrian Beck. Hi, Felice. <laughs> Thank you, Adrian. And I'm thrilled to be back here co-hosting with you for Words and Nerds and for Australia Reads. It's brilliant. Um, we have found... Um, finding a lot of comfort in reading books at the moment, right? But we have, before I introduce, talk about that, we have, well, I mean, it feels like a Marvel movie. Two superheroes come together to create a book. <laughs> That's right. A power couple. A power mm-hmm. couple, Who yes. A dynamic duo. Who would have A multi-award winning author, <laughs> Miles Franklin, award winning author yeah. from 2015, an yeah. uh, illustrator extraordinaire, New yeah. York's New York Times best-selling illustrator as yeah. well. Uh, I'm talking about Sophie Laguna and Mark McBride. Wiggle your ears, everyone who's listening at the moment. <laughs> Wiggle your ears, get excited. They're I'm here wiggling. right now. Welcome, <laughs> Sophie. Welcome, Mark. Hi, guys. <laughs> Hi, guys. Hi, everyone. Oh, thank you Hi. very much. I'm going to do the same joke again and introduce someone else when you said all that but <laughs> I did how you know me Mark you see and I have to say I have to reveal to the uh, reveal to listeners um it, it, this is a reunion for us because we go way back Mark Sophie we go way back to our, what I like to call yeah. I like to call this uh, my our secret life of us days in oh. St Kilda yeah. Way back in the early 2000s, we were, you know, we crossed paths a lot. This is where yeah. we were starting to find out before yeah. social media, mm. where you wanted to find where the other artists or actors mm. or writers were. Mm. That's where we all used to hang out. Yeah. Remember that, Sophie? Yes, I do. I, I was very much an emerging author when I first met you. I, I think I'd published one picture book and um, the speaker's agency that we both shared at the yeah, time that's right. suggested I go and see this artist called Felice Arena <laughs> in, in a high school. And, and um, I got my Melways, you know, how you did then. And I found the high school. Ordered, it would have been a primary school and I and I watched um, Felice mm, in, in performance wow. and I knew that you'd had that history um, at that background as an actor yeah. which I also had. You also have yes yeah. we have uh, these parallel yeah. yeah you did and so you were the right person and you inspired me and I saw what was possible and I saw how you worked with kids and and I really yeah began from, from oh, the well, I was inspired by what you were, and you were, I knew what we shared, we shared this sort of same energy. Yeah. And then I met, actually, you know what? I think I was there when you met Mark. Oh, do we have time. you to thank for this caring? Yes, I was. You you, can thank were me. you the matchmaker? Mark, can I remind you? Yeah. I think I was there. And look, we will go on and talk about your no, book. The, Felicia, those... We would remember you being there because I know that you and Soph were really good friends, but that was at Ipswich. In Queensland? Oh, you met him. Yeah. We yeah. met up at that conference. That but soon, okay, soon after that, can I remind you, we were at a, it was, I think it was like the bar, you know, the back bar in Ackland Street in St Kilda for the ones listening. Yeah. I met you, that's where I met you for the first time. It was called Chicholina's, it yeah. was an Italian That was restaurant. a guy, yeah. Felice, that was uh, not me. This is really <laughs> <Was> embarrassing. <it> <laughs> oh. <laughs> 
<laughs> Oops. Okay, moving right along. <laughs> moving. No, I, I'm not sure. Anyway, uh, moving right along, we are talking about us reads and finding comfort in what we're reading. But I'm. We're going to find out uh, shortly more about the song of Lewis Carmichael. Uh, Ooh, yes, the brand new book. The brand new book that you've collaborated on, and it looks well. It looks there. It is. It's fantastic. Uh, Sophie's showing this to us now, listeners. And um, Adrian has his, you know, I don't have my copy, but I have been looking, I'm, I'm going to get my copy soon, but I know so much. I think I know a, a little bit about this already, but before we talk about Lewis Carmichael, uh, books that are sort of, we're finding comfort in during these weird, weird times, yeah. I, uh, or anything really, not just books, but perhaps artwork or graphic novels. Uh, Mark, I'll, I'll direct it to you first. What yeah. have you... Have you found any sort of, how have you been able to switch off or just find a little comfort and switch off all that news? Well, you know what, this is honestly, I, I look for a very long book and I'm, I'm reading The Stand and I've already read it, the Stephen mm. King book. I know it's a, it might, some people might say it's a bit low, bra. I, I don't care, I love Stephen King. He's yeah. Great. Some people say you can never read him, read the same book by Stephen King twice, but I, I'm defying that. It was a long time ago, I read The Stand. Mm -hmm. And it's brilliant. So I'm at the start. Well, it's about a pandemic, about isn't it? About a pandemic, yeah. Yeah. Ah. yeah, really kind of, yeah. Mm. So it makes this pandemic look a little bit lightweight. To <laughs> <laughs> but it has been interesting, isn't it? It's sort of a trend that people are going back to books that they're rereading their favorite books or they're, they're going back to backlists just to find a little comfort in all this sort of fragmented yeah. life we're, we're, we're yeah. living at the moment. So, and I know Sophie, yeah. you read recently, Sophie, you read, or I think it was from last year I'd, I'd read that you read uh, just like a collection of essays by, was it, um, it was called Wow, No oh, Thank You or something? Yeah, or that? um, that's right, Samantha Irby. Yeah, I've I've read a number of her. That's right. Yes, yeah. because they're hilarious. They're really funny. She has the gift of um, comic timing on the page, and she's outrageous, and she's really shocking, and it's filthy and really fun at the same <laughs> time as being quite political and not a voice I've heard before. I, um, she she's been a brilliant discovery. I'm I find reading pretty soothing at the moment. Mm, yeah, I mean yeah. we're homeschooling. If if I'm if I'm absolutely exhausted, um, I suppose it can be a challenge. But most nights, I find um, yeah, it's just a, it's a brilliant way to to end these challenging days. Yeah, and yeah. I mean I'm pretty. I need my fiction. I don't want to sound like a snob, but I'm. I'm I need it to be. I need it to be great. I mean, I want it to be great. Um, yeah, I, I I still crave and and require interesting uses of language and great mm -hmm, characters mm -hmm. and, and story too. It's got to move along. It can't be impenetrable. Um, but yeah, my appetite's always there for fantastic reads. Yeah. And so I'll just Google, mm. I'll just, I'll just randomly search best books of 2021. Uh, yeah. And my, at the top of that, Sophie like Laguna. At the top of it, Sophie Laguna. No, <laughs> uh, and yeah. And, and, and I've actually returned recently to a mm. classic. Oh, what's this? Uh, and that is? writer Iris Murdoch, who I've never read before, mm -hmm. who won the Booker for a book in 1978. And the, and the title of the book is The Sea, The Sea. And um, oh. if you're confident enough to call a book The Sea, The Sea, I, I know that sounds kind of obvious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I was a, I, I'm, I'm drawn to books by titles. I'm drawn to books by titles really, I, I think we um, undersell 
if that's the right word, the power mm. of the title. Mm. It, it's all, uh, there's a great deal in a title. And I'll pick up a book on the strength of a title. So, you know, out of a whole bunch of like a, a list of 50 must read classics, why did I pick yes. Irish Murdoch's The Sea, The Sea? But mm. it's so good, isn't it? The it's way you it is good. <laughs> and I mean, I mean, I thought of that when I first heard of your book. Uh, or and marked uh, the the song of Lewis Carmichael. Did you? Did you? Yes, immediately. Well, you're curious, right? Well, what is this? Oh, good. About, if knowing nothing at first, you know, when you yeah. just hear of it, you go, okay, yeah. what is this? Yeah. Is it? Is there an actual song? Is it yeah. metaphoric? Is it? Yeah. Is it wow. some journey? And then the cover, of course, the cover is a big well, that's deal. So good. I know we ju never judge a book by its cover. But the cover also but we do. Yeah. evokes this journey and image. And again, okay, wow. the title's got me, the cover's got me. Mm. Right. And we, you know, we're this. So that's both that's of them. That's really <laughs> already because we're so bombarded with information, yeah. right? Yeah. That we don't we don't have very little time and people are yeah. swiping away in 10, yeah. ten seconds. And you think by the time we hit our pillows yeah. at the end of the day, exactly. so many different images and words, and you go, exactly. oh, what? What really has, what's really stuck? Um, Sophie, so going back then, so yeah. going, let's go back to young Sophie, then we'll go back to young Mark, Adrian, yeah. if you don't mind me asking this. No, I, I well. want to find out, um, yes. Yeah, I, the <laughs> yeah. books that sort of, I, I've been asked this question as well. Yeah. well. You can look back at it now, we're at a sort of a generation now where we can look back at, and you can definitely see the trails of where, what's impacted our own illustrating or our own storytelling and our own writing. So. Going back to Sophie Laguna, okay. say, Jake, this is, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, might throw you here because uh -huh. you grew up in Sydney, right? But Correct. you moved at 12 to the, to a farm, right? Oh. You moved from a big yeah. city to a smaller, a smaller, a smaller community, right? We did, yes. You did at that time. Were there any, was there anyone in your circle there that, impacted you or impacted your reading? Were you reading at the time? Were you a reading child or were you an observer? I know we, we've talked about this before, mm. observing characters around mm. you, which you write so beautifully and you understand characters and people around us. Um, is there someone there in that move? You're going from the city to the country. What were, what were, you, what, what were the type of books you were reading? And was there someone who actually loved books around you? You know, it was a pretty difficult move. It was a pretty difficult move. And I was I was very settled, you know, before the move. And I was confident in the primary schoolers I was attending. And I had a really encouraging um, grade five teacher who I actually dedicated my most recent adult novel to. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. um, she was really um, affirming and she loved my creative writing and she loved my stories. I think I felt safe in that classroom. And... And then, um, you know, I, I was like tw 12, which we all know is that is a difficult, it, you're moving, aren't you, into the next mm. track, into the next, you're, you're mm -hmm. going to transition shortly as you go into your teenage years. And that was when the move was made. And so I had to change schools and I was really, um, I think I was lost for a while there. I was lost. So uh, I'd enjoyed um, my life at school so much. I'd enjoyed everything. We, we, I remember reading a book called The Owl Service, um, science fiction for, mm -hmm. for, for older primary school age kids. I remember reading um, um, The House of Sixty Fathers, uh, Enid Blyton. A any books that we studied at school, you know, have stayed with me forever. And then there was this transition. So I went from 
uh, a single sex girls school in um, an affluent suburb of mm -hmm. Sydney to a co-ed Catholic school, which only had girls for oh. something like a year or two. So we were outnumbered. Mm. It was the 80s and it was a hard yeah. time to be a girl. At a, and a, can you imagine the world I'd come from? That, yes. That yes. My school life was sheltered. My home life wasn't sheltered, but school was sheltered to this huge co-educational school that didn't really know yet how to support females. I was teased. I was bullied. I was, I was completely out of my right. depth. And I, um, I, I didn't connect with staff in any way. They were nuns. That was new yeah. for me. So they were the yeah. sisters. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. but you can see the impact of this because yeah. in your... 100%. There's running things, you yeah. know, you, you, you show yep. and you write beautifully yeah. Yeah. those who are vulnerable, yeah. the child that is vulnerable, the outsiders, yeah. Yeah. just a little out. And I, I no. know this must have had some impact, even though we haven't discussed it, this. It did, even though, like, I hated it at the time. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad I had the experience. I do know, I do know what it is now to, ha to have... Um, being treated that way and, yes, and, yeah. and the fiction it's a double thing isn't it because you write the fiction to help to, to sort of heal it or to work it through and then it in turn gives that to others I suppose so I so I don't I don't regret it even though if you spoke to that 13 12 13 14 year old I, I was probably yeah in a in a very very tight spot for a mm. while right, yeah, yeah but right at that time though I think yeah, at that time correct me if if I'm wrong here, yeah. but your grandmother played a pivotal part, right? Because your grandmother, didn't she give you blank books and say, she write did. your own story? She did. She did that when I was much younger. And she, I wonder, Mark, Babcha, my Polish yeah. grandmother. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah I know, know you've talked about her. Yes. Yeah. And she gave me a little blank book and she said, Zosha, that's my right. name in Polish. It's yeah. for you to write the stories about yourself. <laughs> so she must have sort of seen that little storytelling. Isn't that the most beautiful gift though? I mean, isn't yeah. that? Yeah, yeah, it was. It was because I've remembered it. I've remembered yeah. it, and I've still got that little, that Have little you? book. Yeah, oh, but really? um, yeah, I, I, I made sure I've got it the other day. Yeah, I checked because I get. What would she make? Off. What would she make of all this now? The Sophie. Lagoon I, I can't paint you a, a picture perfect bubcha because she was yeah. incredibly difficult. <laughs> 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 right. Family, So don't don't be having no fantasies about any <laughs> any part. The social that you meet, you think, gee, it must have. What a you know, what a cruise. I, I like the story <laughs> from your house. Where yeah. I, I, her dad wasn't he bringing all your poetry on the back of a scooter yeah. over the yeah. Sydney Harbour Bridge, and there's a gust of wind. <laughs> Blew all these Sophie Laguna poems from age yeah. 10 or something across the Sydney Harbour. That's a beautiful, that, that, hey, and that that was like the good news story. Is that, that, is, that is the good news story. It is good news. And and look, if Adrian doesn't let, uh, mind, because I know, because I know so well, uh, Mark, it's almost like a parallel here because you also went on this journey and a big move for you. Okay, you were slightly older than Sophie at the time, but moving from Belfast to Western Australia, right? Um, so you're at North Boys School oh, in Belfast. Yeah. This whole new world at Bangor Grammar. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah, I've done my research. <laughs> but, <laughs> but for that's me, a big transition, yeah. isn't it? That, but it is a huge it. transition. Yeah. But I think for, for for us, I think for artists and for writers, we sort of I'm not sure so much revel in the in the transitions, but we're aware of the transitions and the journeys. And and I think this comes out not only in your writing, but in your in your illustrating, Mark. That was a big move. And for 
for those, I mean, you were going back and we're talking about, I, when I talk to kids, I say write, write, drawing is another form of storytelling. You were, you were lost obviously in your art and illustrations. And that, did that take you to WA? Was it because of your illustrations or your love of illustrations yeah. that took you there? Why didn't you go on to, to the UK say, or to Europe? What was that pivotal point? Uh, I, was, I was gonna go to Edinburgh and do architecture. My parents moved to Australia, but um, mm -hmm. yeah, there's, it's interesting to say that for each, cause something about the light in Perth, it's like, and light is a big part of art, but the light is, you can always tell a photograph of a West Australian beach, the white sand, the turquoise mm -hmm. water. And like, yeah, there is something about the light there. It is like a fantasy world and moving from Belfast is mm -hmm. probably, you know, it is. Mm. I always told myself I was only there for a little while. Kept deferring my architecture degree, and then you know, because his parents were there. His yeah, parents, my parents moved, moved so, over. You yeah. know, oh, they did. Okay, yeah. so that was yeah. the from WA. They wanted oh, to get sorry. away from yeah. Belfast, really. Yeah. Well, I was just thinking, as you said, that probably my, a, a bigger transition. I went to a very, very rough school and got a scholarship to a grammar school, and like that was like a cultural, very <laughs> big transition. So mm. the grammar school to Australia. In a way, it wasn't like culturally, it wasn't that big a transition. Right, right. Yeah, that was, was a more of a transition going from from where you a were. Very before. rough school, full of rough school. Yeah, families to <laughs> a lovely. Were you relieved school. when you changed? Did you feel relieved? Uh, no, you feel a bit sort of uh, like I was saying that tradition's a bit sort of fish out of waterish for yeah. quite a while. So. Yeah, but right. you know what? Yeah, and I got to see that. I think in the eighties, I was doing a, a, a theatre show, and we toured around Ireland and Northern Ireland, and ended up in yeah. Belfast and performed oh, in wow. Belfast. And in Enniskillen. And I, I got oh, to see wow. the other side of this, what the world would see of Belfast at the time wow. of the 80s. But behind the behind the curtains, hanging out with the families and the kids on the street, it was, it could have been families of kids in Australia, but they just had this yeah. conflict going on yeah. at the time in the 80s. It was really interesting. Oh, I'm so, so pleased you got there in the 80s, please. Not many people would have visited. No, not at all. And you know, you, you, you I saw the, the soldiers with guns on the streets and you see them there and you saw, okay, not to wander into that area and come back. But in the living room, the real life stuff in the kitchen and talking to family and friends, it could have been any kitchen really. Kitchen Absolutely. Australia. Right? But it's a lot of stress yeah. when you stop and think to, to have just outside your door. You, you are growing up with a level of stress that you're unconsciously being impacted on by, right? I mean, mm. yes, exactly. Exactly. you're growing up. Yeah, well, that, that, would, that would have a huge impact. Interesting, getting back to what we first started talking about, I get a lot, a lot of, Sophie reads a lot, of course, and she gives me a lot of books that she's read. One of my mm -hmm. favorites was uh, Milkman, a Booker Prize winner, which Recently, was- Recently, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't know if you read, have you read? No, that? I haven't. No, I haven't. It was yeah. a lot, probably the best book I've read, and, but it was mm -hmm. about a year ago I read it. Mm -hmm. Um, but it just it was set where I, in the part of Belfast where I grew up, North mm. Belfast. But it doesn't mention it. It just mentions landmarks, and I could tell what yeah. she was talking yeah. about. And yeah, no, that was um, brings us full circle mm. back. It but does bring. Without, well, yeah, it just occurs to me, even without you necessarily being conscious of of what it was to have that level of stress compared to what it was, would have been like in the seventies and eighties in a great 
in so much of Australia. Can you imagine how easy it, how it easy is for us? And lighter and brighter yeah. everything was for and you. Relaxed. And relaxed. But stories in Australia too. You hear like Collingwood yeah. being pretty rough, you yeah. know. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> hey, and also, what about, um, have you read Jimmy Barnes's memoir, Working Class Boy? No, uh, I haven't. It's, it's on my list. I've got a whole pile of books on my bedside at no, the moment to go through. And that's on there. <laughs> I mean, that's South Australia. He came as a young boy yeah. And, yeah. and he was tall in, in, in Adelaide, in somewhere in, in South Australia. That was really, um, really tough times for him. So life yeah. is probably, I think, yeah. yeah, you hear horror stories, 70s and 80s everywhere. Maybe yeah. maybe things are just better all around now. <laughs> yes and no. Or maybe, uh, maybe I've... And at the time, obviously, you don't understand how they're influencing your own life and but your own got, creative life yeah. until you reach a certain age where you can look back and see certain things or certain certain patterns along yeah. the way or certain things yeah. and, totally. sometimes, and sometimes other people it's it takes others to reveal them to you because yeah. we're so when we're creating and I know Sophie some I've heard you both say uh, someone I'd ask you well how the book come about and you go well it's there we can't we yeah. actually can't believe it you know the end product yeah, yeah. is the product but it's yeah. the journey of how it's come about it's yeah. almost like coming out of a trance would you agree that sometimes you're in the middle of right when you're in the middle of writing or illustrating. You are yeah. in some sort of trance if you absolutely love it, right? Hey, you you know um, Stephen King's memoir on writing. Mm. He describes when you um, look at work that you have done, you give it a six week break, say, and return to it. He says it's as if it's been written by a kind of soul twin. A soul right. twin. And so, uh, you know, that's what I mean. Like when you say, I oh, know you can't quite believe it. It's because, oh, did my soul twin? <laughs> like, I, I, I know this is me. I can feel that it's me. Yeah. But yeah. It's, it's the it's the higher me or it's the shadow me or it's a um, a more complex. It's a, it's a different me. It's, a, it's yeah, a soul twin. Mm. It's I love I love that term because it does feel like an out of body sort of an out-of-body thing, like, yeah. who did this? Did I yeah. actually do this? And I know that's how you feel with such you, this this beautiful and poignant book you've created together, you've come together to create with um, the song of Lewis Carmichael. Uh, as That's taken about five years or so to evolve really into something you can well, look back and go, hey, look what we've, <laughs> we've created here. It's interesting you say that, and this is something that annoys Sophie when I say it, because uh -oh. I say, although mine, <laughs> I'm pretty realistic. <laughs> My job was a lot, I love working that book, yeah. but my job, so obviously I'm just drawing through pictures and I'm inspired by this story, but it didn't take very long. And I keep saying to Sophie, but mm. there's only six weeks work. And she says, no, it's like, you know, it's uh, 40 yeah. something years work. Yeah. You know? yes. <laughs> but, yes. uh, but who do you agree with? What? Who's right, him or me? Should I agree with you, obviously being a writer, but it was. <laughs> well, there's elements of it. I know physically oh, it's six okay. weeks, yeah. but taking bits of well, those yeah. times you've stopped at the traffic lights and you're oh. daydreaming or you lost yourself in the shower for two hours because, oh, I better hop out now. I've wasted all the hot water. It's those moments where you grab and you store them away subconsciously and you bring them back and I feel that sometimes you, you you collate all that for certain stories and they keep coming back yeah they might repeat themselves so maybe you're right you're both right in a lot of ways can well, I be like, you're being very diplomatic and you're not taking any one side there Fleet. you should be a, some sort of <laughs> well, marriage counsellor or something I think is, is in the future there for you <laughs> um, look I love I, I my daughter and I are reading the song of Lewis Carmichael oh, oh my gosh really we, yeah we absolutely love it and oh. 
it's just got such a classic feel about it. It is oh. just such a beautiful yeah. story. And what I picked up on just before what you were saying is you were talking about you being 12 or 11 or, 11 or 12, 13, that sort of time. And it was a, a time of change, I guess, as yeah. you were saying. Is that why you zeroed in on that sort of age group for our protagonist in, in this book? Or was that an unconscious sort of thing? The latter. Yeah, yeah. an unconscious okay. sort of a thing. The boy um, and his search or, or, or his journey, um, he, he was just that age when the idea came about, yeah, five years ago. He, he was that age. Um, I suppose that age is a very useful one in fiction, isn't it? Because he's empowered enough to fly a hot air balloon, <laughs> you know, and, and he can, he's beginning to be able to philosophize or think deeply or question. Mm. Um, and yet, and yet he has not yet reached um, adolescence. And so there is an innocence um, and an openness there, but I, I didn't even ask those questions. I, I never do. I just, went with how he was mm. and, and he was a boy who um, um, he, he was searching for something in that ice and th from the beginning there was um, a disconnect between him and his parents most mm. definitely yeah he, he wasn't um, he wasn't un entirely understood which mm. put, which made him alone yeah. which is why he needed a, fr a, a, a Lewis Carmichael the bird yeah, Sophie, I'm was he brainstorming as I'm remembering? Yeah, 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 Sophie. But did he absorb? And I suppose, you know, that saying where kids are listening. Did it, does he absorb his parents' worry and anxiety? Yeah, yeah he the hears world's him anxiety. Yeah. He, he hears yeah. them talking about him though. They, they yeah. talk about him frequently, and he, yeah. he feels the tension between them, and he internalizes it the way kids do, and blames himself. Mm. Yeah. Kids blame themselves yeah. like at the drop of a hat. You have to work hard as a parent to, to it's not your fault. It's amazing. So he, so, need, he needs that physical space, but that emotional and headspace as well to find out yes. who he is. Yes, he, exactly. He, he, exactly. And that's what he does. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the bird comes along to assist that process. Mm. I read the other day in a book about writing that, every, that a good story is a slice, is part allegory and part slice of life. Every mm. every powerful book is part allegory and part slice of life. It's interesting. I, and then I, I thought of books and my books, and I thought, hmm, part allegorical. Yes, yeah. you know, and, and full of sort of symbol and 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 part slice of life. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right to any 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 good book that, that you can think of. Some there's a there's a kind of symbolic process unfolding, as as there is for Matthew around the, the one you just described for leech around growing up and taking space and um mm. yeah letting something go taking risk it, it's know. it's come it's so poignant because i think it's come at a right time this book for so many of us whoever's listening to this maybe they're on a walk right now or they're they're having yeah. a break from yeah. the kid and they're listening to this right now and going you know, there is there's so much this anxiety pumped into the world at the moment and the fear and it's yeah. so fragmented that we have That's to switch fair. everything on. And we're all looking for our Lewis Carmichael, aren't we? We're looking for that mentor or that guide hmm. of someone. For me, I found it in my, I know this is going to sound off the planet, but my local park, I think for many of us, have gotten to zoom in on our, on the birds, on the wildlife, on the trees and kept us sort of sane through all this, yeah, right? Yeah. And kept us sort of given some sort of comfort as I imagine, and I will start reading this once I get a, a copy of my copy as well, 
of uh, of the of the crow's role in this, right? Of his of Car uh, Lewis Carmichael's yeah. role. He's um. Well, do you want to speak to, to that, Mark? I, I don't want to be hogging. No, I'm listening. Because yeah. I've, I mean, I've got plenty to say, but I'm, but I'm interested. I want to know I mean, what Fleets is doing in lockdown. So you, you're not listening to the daily kind of uh, premieres. He is, but he's, but he's finding. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. I actually well, not. He's not. You're like switching it off, are you, Fleets? I am switching it off only for my own sanity. I well, mean, no daily press conference for you. No daily, maybe oh, once I a week. I love it. I love once it. Once a week. No, the only daily press conference I have are with the parakeets. <laughs> they talk to you. <laughs> no, yeah. people are looking at me going, there's that guy talking to the parakeets again. Uh, but uh, Mark, you, this, I love this when you say, when you're illustrating a book, there are three characters, and this might add to what Sophie said, but I love this, the way you come about it, is there's the writer, the illustrator, and the reader. Can you elaborate on that? Because I think you mentioned that. I think it's on your on your site, but I I, I came across it. Like I came. I, someone would have said it to me, and I would have just been paraphrasing. But but it's still, <laughs> but, it, but it is true. It is true. I think you know. To be honest, I think it was actually Lee Hobbs once that it were because I spent a lot of time with Lee's one of my yeah. good ones. But um. Uh, it's because when you read a book, I mean, it's it's different to watch a movie. You're actively involved. You become that person. Mm -hmm. And that, if, if you're becoming a person and you're inside their head, then your thoughts get mingled with theirs. And you do, you think, you, you look beyond the frame of a picture and beyond the frame of the, mm -hmm. beyond the words. Whereas with a movie, sometimes you just look at the special effects and you mm -hmm. think, oh yeah, they use CGI, whatever for that. Mm. Was with the book, you're, you, you are that person. So, of course, you're going to look outside that picture. Right. And, right. and, and like what a book's like words. And, you know, it's the, there's the magic in between. And it's the reader that's putting that in. You know? and, 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 and look, the world sort of knows you from the Del Toro Quest series and illustrating that series. And the Glim. And, and Glim. Thanks, Andrew. But for... In terms of illustrating, this was very different in oh, terms yes. of coming to illustrate this. Yeah. And, and I think yeah. I think oh, I read brilliant. somewhere. I mean, explain to us how it was a little different. I mean, it was yeah. almost yeah. more. Yeah. Was it, was yeah, it more? Well, well, he did everything. Is he did everything it? in blue, which is weird. <laughs> I mean, you must have run out of your blue yeah. pencils. Can I say why you did it in blue, which is beautiful? Because I've seen some of the images already from this online. Yeah, yeah, the I feel after this interview, I'm going to be. Uh, you know, I'm really. I'm giving credit to other people because again, mm. that wasn't me. The blue mm. that was the Edgar Elise. Yeah, that, that <laughs> so, was the whole Elise the team, Jones the team, the publishing house. Yeah, they? no, they're they're pretty. Yeah. That was a. But I, and I said this before, honestly, I've never seen my work look better on paper than on mm. a screen. Usually on a screen it looks better because mm. it's backlit mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. you're always disappointed. So mm. maybe it's because I was prepared for disappointment because mm. I've only recently started to use a computer. The Glim's the only other book I've done on the computer. So when I looked at The Glim, mm. it, I still liked it. And like, you know, it was great. It was all in color, mm. but not quite as good as on the screen. Yeah. And so I was maybe prepared for disappointment, yeah. but when I looked at it, I thought, wow, it actually looks better, much better, mm. far better than I thought it was going to look. Okay, can I ask Mark a question, even though... Please. I, I, yes, I, please. So, you know, you've heard us describe um, the, some of the ways that, um, some of the processes that unfold when, when I write a book. You know this anyway, and Felice's yes. talking about it, and, you know... Your I've, eyes I, are red I, and you're in a trance. No, like um, the, <laughs> no. The, the bond that you have with the characters and yes. the heartbreak that you feel right. when, yes. yeah. Okay, when you're, say you do six different pictures of Lewis, 
is yeah. it entirely different do you bond with him I did, or what? And this, I did and I really did and I was just gonna say in this book I, I I love working on it and there's an immediacy when you're just doing line drawing so like yes. I said I'm doing line drawings I'm drawing on the screen yeah you were talking about procreate um the the app before Felice yes, so yeah, yes, yes. A, a big version of that but I'm drawing on a screen and it's just very immediate. You can just sketch mm. and you've drawn it and it does allow you to become a bit more involved in the story. So you become, do, do, you, do you feel a bond with Absolute, the character yeah, that you're I drawing? Did, I did oh, that's, this a, that's amazing, isn't it? <laughs> it is amazing. It well, really works. No, because I, I would if I, if I could just move on to the next one, but I spend too much time like worrying about the colours and the shades. And so yeah. you lose that, that, that connection lose with it. it. And it's horrible. So Mark, what are you saying? Would you do this again then? Perhaps this yeah. time. Yeah, oh no, we are. Like, we are. Like you are. We are doing it again. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's, it's fantastic. Ordered, yeah. Land and, and, and Sophie, you touched on something really lovely there because I know when I'm writing, if I'm feeling them, if I'm really immersed yeah. in the character, yeah. you do cry on the page or on the screen, don't yeah, you? You do. laugh with them and you cry with them. Quite a lot. If Quite a writer, lot. If the writer's not doing that, then how can we expect the reader? to feel that if that's yeah. not there. Um, and I that's why I can't wait to, to absolutely mm. read this. Because I, I know- I can't wait till you do as well. Oh, well, we'll, we'll get together and have a, when <laughs> we can get together. <laughs> yes, that would be lovely. Yeah. I would love that. Mark, you don't, Mark, you don't cry on the uh, on the uh, iPad, yeah. do you? Because so, exactly, you, know, exactly. you could get electrocuted. Yeah. No, you do. If you're drawing someone and they're meant to look really friendly and happy yeah. and it's not working, I'm like, I'm like frowning <laughs> and I notice they're frowning. but. If you're trying to draw someone looking happy, you find you, your face has to be happy. Wow, I know it's a seriously? Weird, seriously? Yes. It's a weird thing. Okay. If I'm drawing someone happy, my face is all... <laughs> so can I ask, in those... Um, no, you know, in, And we won't give anything Why away to Felice or to readers, in, in some of the um, really sad moments... Um, yeah, yeah, do you feel that when yeah. you do? Wow. Yeah, you do. No, no. And, uh, yeah. Interesting, sad, isn't it? Sad bit, yeah. But so, it's a, an, yeah. an emotional book, though. Definitely. So, Sophie, if, if Mark's ever in a bad mood, will you just start writing happy scenes? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or, Adrian, if I'm walking around and she presumes I'm in a bad mood, which I is more just, often. I may have just drawn a very, yeah. very sad scene yeah. and I'm feeling <laughs> yeah. distraught by it. It's true. It's the, That's true. The afterglow of yeah. drawing is all like, justified. I'm in a bad mood and I'm going, <laughs> yeah. I'm not. I've just drawn something. I'm, I'm just an artist, Sophie. Yeah. Um, uh, actually, yeah. speaking of which, working together, husband yes. and wife. No. Was that a, is that a challenge in any way? 16 years, right? <laughs> <laughs> Can you be well, a little bit more frank with each other than normal, together. Sort of... We're cooking dinner together. We're doing watching TV together. Should we work together? Nah. No, nah. We, no, it was great. It was great. Hey, it, in it, lockdown. It really did take that. It did take that that long to be, to be right. And and I remember in that conversation five years ago, where I first shared the idea of this boy um, on the snow, and and and, and mm. I, I I we had an incredible conversation on holiday. You know when things are sort of lighter and you don't have those sort of responsibilities you know of home all the time and uh, and we brainstormed I shared my ideas for the story and I shared the pictures of the story I shared the ideas of um polar bears of snow geese mm. of um some kind of um um adventure danger ice cracking apart um yeah I saw all sorts of really dramatic pictures and shared them with Mark and I said to him this might be one book that I could write that would suit that would suit you could illustrate it 
and then other things took over that was five years ago and then and then in that right time when there was a space I thought I've got to it's you know some ideas call you back I've written a little bit of it and it must have called me back I knew I only had about three months when I submitted my adult novel to the editor and that always takes them or you know they've got to do their pass on it and so then I thought now is that time and, and I remember thinking I've got to force myself to write this because as lovely as we describe all of this and as rich as we make it sound, sound by exactly. a lot, some of the time, and I have to remind myself of this, Valich, I wonder what you'll think. It's pure slog. As in, it is. It is. make it happen. I, I don't exactly. want to, I don't want to, I don't want to, I'm bored, I'm tired, I'm grumpy. <laughs> okay, Sophie, you've got to get the boy into the snow cave He's got to encounter wolves and you've got to get him out and you've got to do it now. And that's it. That's plus, plus raise a family and plus yeah. handle yeah. a pandemic yeah. Yeah. and, and all the go, other things that are yeah. happening. But you think, okay, like I'd rather go shopping, I'd rather muck around. No, yeah. no. And it doesn't feel pleasant it, when you're slogging it out. No. It doesn't feel pleasant. It does feel like hard work, but and especially if it's plot driven, as in, you know, it's not just interiors, it's not, it's not just philosophizing, it's how do you get the balloon down? How exactly. does he fly a balloon? How, man? Know, fact, what are the facts that I have to know to get such hard work? The answer is easier <laughs> than the question. Yeah. yeah it I, is. I, and, and I'm like, yeah, I, yeah, basically that's it. I totally agree, Sophie. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And it is a hard slog. So anyone listening thinking, yeah. uh, you know, we, we don't want to over-romanticise it. Yes, that is exactly. a size. But yeah. there, I think half the battle, as we all know, and Adrian, we is just showing up and actually 100%. you might just stare at the computer for three hours and, and, and written a paragraph and go bugger that was that yeah. day but then the next day some something you find something comes to you but it is yeah. just finding that discipline in your week or whatever whatever <laughs> process you you take you might write late at yeah. night or wherever I always say for me it's Monday to Friday when we were at, before, out of lockdown I would yeah. go I would go somewhere to feel like I was going to work, like yeah, I go to the State me Library too. In, too. in the city in Victoria, in, in Melbourne, and sit there and make myself and go, okay, I yeah. need to just lose myself same, here. Same, and, my, yeah. and if I don't do anything, I'm not hard on myself. I just go, we'll just show up again tomorrow at the same time mm -hmm. and let's keep doing it. You know, okay, back to Stephen King and his guide on writing. He was very um, disciplined and he would say, I must write in his younger years 2,000 words a day. Mm -hmm. And I actually... Felich go more. I, I is, is the do you say I ascribe or I prescribe? I I that's more my method. As in, I'll go. I don't want to do this. It's going to be dumb. It's going to be yes. terrible. But I have to write fifteen hundred mm. words. And mm. um, right. if I get in trouble from myself, mm. that's about as unpleasant an experience. And I get in trouble a hell of a lot from <laughs> myself. <laughs> So, Sophie, yeah. can you tell those words that are a slog compared to those days that aren't? When you come back and read over your manuscript, can you tell which days you wrote which Adrian, bits? Adrian, I'm tormented by this, tormented yes. by it every day. <laughs> and I tell myself, okay, here's the, here's the contradiction. The whole process is riddled with them. Okay, some stories I wrote, take the Our Australian Girl with a young readership. So yes. they, you can't pull anything over them, a young readership, can no, you? It's no, got to be no. full of energy. It's got to move forward. Mm -hmm. A lot of that work was the slog. And the mm -hmm. same portions of Lewis Carmichael, a slog. But that that is not the reading experience. Yeah, right. It yeah. can be, and let's keep this in mind in case we're tormented again, it's the opposite for the reader. 
for the for the reader they and, and you know they can just they're, they're flying so yeah. keep that in mind because i think we judge those days that are a slog because mm. it doesn't feel like the writing has energy or is working well that is that is not i don't think that bears out wow because yeah it's not true because um, I know it because I'm living it now. So yeah, remind yeah. yourself of that on those days that feel muddy and weighted and, you know, where it's just pure, like, hard. And and I, I, one good thing that I am able to do in my process is I go, let it be done. Let, let the writing, you've got to get the words down, but guess what? They're allowed to be done. Mm. Yes. Now, that yes. makes your job so much easier. What a great slogan, let it be done. Let it be done. <laughs> Laguna, I'm going to live by that. <laughs> I'm getting let the T-shirts made up. Now, if you'd like a T-shirt, just go to FeliciaArena.com for <laughs> yeah. Let It Be Done. And so, do you like that? Do you I like that? I love that. that. I, I want you to release a, a writing book uh, called Let It Be Done. Let It Be Done. Well, well, so I, I, I tell kids to do a good drawing, you're going to do a bad drawing. And the reason I tell them that is creativity, which is what we're talking yeah. about here, and the mystery yeah. of where ideas come from. Yeah. Creativity doesn't want pressure. And if you're going, you've got to come up with great yeah. ideas, creativity yeah. is just going it, to run so my way. So you yeah. have to be fully, like, yeah. so I, yeah. I do better work at nighttime because I know- The pressure's off. The pressure's, the pressure's off. off. You're yeah. working days finished, yeah. you know, and yeah. like, I should be sleeping. It's 2 yeah. a.m. Yeah. Most people are sleeping. Yeah. If I do any work now, it's um, a bonus. That's great. But, you know, and that's why so many people, so many adults are paralyzed by creativity. But as kids, where yeah. we don't have that pressure when you were kids, everyone wanted to draw, yeah. everyone. And then you can see it slightly change because we start to worry about oh, yeah, it. Oh, yeah, it's not the same. Yeah. What they're doing, should I do? Is there a rubbing, 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 rubbing everything yeah. out, getting yeah. a lot, every yeah. line's yeah. within the lines, that, you know, and you go. That is stopping creativity. You know, that's getting away. Creativity should be not worrying about anything being wrong because I, I find that making yeah. mistakes is one of the best if i do a good drawing i just go on to the next don't care about it if you, mm. if you make a mistake you're sitting there what what, what went wrong with that you learned so much <laughs> from it like yes making mistakes yes. is uh, very Actually, important for creativity mark i wonder talking about creativity we've talked about the writing side of it but um you know when you when you're at your dumbest and you wander yeah. off of a day into yeah. into the garage, I understand, um, yeah. and go to work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you ever get um, uh, the equivalent of, of writer's block or the slog or all those things we're talking about? Or do, is it not quite the same when you're working in a visual medium? Oh, it's really interesting you guys talking mm. about the slog because the other bit, there's two things you get from on writing that Stephen King book, which mm. we keep going back to, is like the word count that he comes up with every day. But I also remember the one thing always stands up for me and he used a bit of mm. profane language here when it's shoveling something from one side of your desk to the other. I always think of that because mm. some days you feel like you've got nothing achieved or well, talking of rubbing out, mm. I'm just sort of doing stuff and getting rid of it. But mm. then at the end of it, you know, it might be sort of like that 2 a.m. where you look mm. at what you've done, you think actually there's something, there's an idea in there mm. because mm. I'm a huge George R. R. Martin fan. Again, some people might not be, you know, think he's low bro. I don't at all. I think he's incredible. But mm. he talks about the architect and the gardener. And I'm definitely mm. the gardener where you're planting the seeds and you've, you've got some idea what is, I'm just paraphrasing him mm. now, but mm. you get some idea it's going to be an acorn, whatever. Right. It's going to be an oak tree, but you don't really know exactly. So all that sort of shoveling one thing from one part of your desk to the other. Yeah you'll see something in the pile of rubble. Whereas someone else might, you know, a plotter of a story, that's the architect probably knows Mm. exactly from the start what it's gonna Mm. be and 
Yeah, yeah you're definitely more a gardener, aren't you? Definitely yeah, a gardener. That's a, yeah. yeah. It was interesting. Emily Rodder the other day, Adrian, we were talking to her. She said mm. she writes the end first and then mm. you know, works backwards. Mm. So that's a form of plotting. Yeah, I think, yeah, I suppose that is for me. Yeah. I always, I know the target. I always tend to know the ending. Yeah, same here. Yeah, I'd love, same to here. Know, love to know what you do, uh, Fleech. What, and also, I, I, know the, what I know the ending, and I know sometimes usually the start is fantastic because. It's, it's just like, I think this is, and I, Sophie might agree, our acting background or growing mm. up, we, we wow. see those visual scenes opening a story, right? But uh, the ending for me, I, I definitely need an ending because if I if I didn't have an ending or a target to shoot at, I'm here. I, I don't I'm think glad. I'd ever get there. I'd sort of I would never around. get there. No, I need to, I try and lock down without being conscious of it. As soon as I have a strong character, yes, an idea, I'm trying to lock down the plot. Did you, I'm trying to pin it down as soon as, yes. like within week one. I'm, I'm, I'm so, and when it, when, when it has to change, I go, oh, that's not going to work. I hate it. I want to have it as, as soon as I can. I want the plot. So you knew the ending of Lewis? Yeah. I was yeah. searching to pin it down. I remember because yeah. often Soupy will ask. Yeah, I, he's good to and, consult with. So you this. do consult. Yeah. So I remember yeah, you I do. did have different endings. Yeah, I, I did. So, but I would have been. You know, anxious to find to, to to put it that to get it down because, like you say, if you don't get it down, the whole thing threatens to fall away and never happen. And yes, there yes. is a sensible person in me that wants to finish the project and publish the project right. and you know make it a book and move on. You know, otherwise, yeah, you, yeah, you want to you've got that part of yourself at work as well, don't you? And and the worst thing in the world is the thought of it'll go nowhere. It'll go nowhere and fall apart, and my life will fall apart. All of our lives will fall apart. We'll be hungry. We're back at the back at the Department of Social Security, which is now called the CES, as opposed to the DSS. What, what, yes. what, what, one thing is very interesting observing Sophie, and hope she doesn't mind me saying this. Sophie in day-to-day -day life, um, as you may have sort of gathered from that. <laughs> yes. Um, like she won't know a lot of stuff. It seems like she doesn't know a lot of stuff. Like she, like when it comes to computers, she's hopeless. She can barely work the remote control. Yet in, in the choke, this guy, the granddad knew so much about the Burma Railway. It was like right, right. railway. How do you put engineer. your glasses on? So something happens in that moment when she's riding, she becomes an expert in these things. Huh? But in day-to-day -day life, yeah, that, um, that does not but that's signs of a great storyteller, of an observer, of someone who's curious. And we were saying this recently. So recently, I think to be a writer or an artist, you need to be curious. Right, curious about life, well, curious about that's what I'm saying it doesn't things. actually translate in real life. If you ask Sophie anything about the Burma <laughs> Railway, I don't think I don't think Sophie could answer it. You know, I find fascinating. I thought, where's that coming from? It doesn't seem like it was so Mark, she doesn't bring up railways over dinner or anything like that. No, I would bring them up, Adrian. I would ask her about railways and she'd look at me blankly like she has no clue what a railway even is. It's like this is an expert writing about it. So it's like she's channeling and it, maybe it comes from because you both have that acting background. I think our next project should be, Sophie, we need to we need to bring some of our characters to life or act in something together. I think I would we'll do that. But you know, that's actually might be the acting influence going back to what, that's you, what I'm thinking. You're channeling you, you learn you channel something, you learn the role, you're an expert but then once you've done the role you move on you forget about that's it, it and you, you, know, you are just channeling that there's only yeah. so much storage space in your brain so all that information yep. in the Burma Railway just got to delete it all straight to trash that's right yeah <laughs>
Yeah. Oh, that's it. So that, it's not that really there. Is. Like a v, like a VCE exam or a HSE exam. You yeah. learn everything. You do yeah. it all. Yeah. So that's and exactly it. Go on, move on. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Hey, so I wanted to ask you one more question about the Lewis before we wrap it up. The Lewis yeah. Lewis yeah. Carmichael is fantastic. Um, Thank you. It's such a visual. It's such a visual story. Like you're just transported immediately into these in such a, so beautifully portrayed worlds that you've got in this in this story. It's just fantastic. What was it like seeing it come to life? Uh, when when Mark was actually illustrating it, did you did you did was it how you imagined it would look? Everything, or was there a bit of back and forth about how a little bit of back and forth? Um, <laughs> it was a very it was a it was a thrilling book to write. So I've mm. described the slog, but it was also um, really pleasurable because mm. of the reasons that you've just you know those pictures are beautiful, mm. and it was amazing to describe walruses and yeah. reindeer and a forest that Matthew thinks. Um, you know, they're branches, but they're the antlers of, mm. of reindeer um, and polar bears. I've always loved those. I mean, we all we all do, don't we? We love yeah. polar bears. And um, so, so that was great to, to be with those animals and to have a crow that talks was fun. Mm -hmm. um, and it was a beautiful full circle to have Mark come on board as the illustrator for, for obvious reasons. You know, there we were, that conversation. And then, and then... Um, to see Mark's pictures was really pleasing. I, I haven't got, you know, there's no, there's no trouble around this story. It, it did, as Mark has described, it did um, it happen quite smoothly. Um, yeah, I mean, my interior experience of a of a of a book has got nothing to do, in, in, you know, with anyone else's seeing of it later on. That's that's one that's one part of the experience, and then and then it then it's done. Just the same as the the VCE, you know, exam is done. It's behind. Yeah. It's, it's just behind. It's gone. I, it was in the doing that it was enriching, and then it is just gone. And so then, um, you know, I've been nothing but pleased. Um, as, you know, some pictures are just taken my breath away. But you might be a bit too close to it because you know how you always have that doubt when you look at your work and you think, oh, I've just done the worst job. This isn't good. I remember saying to you one day, oh, I don't think I don't think I've done a very good job in here. And I remember you going, oh, real? Oh, no, really? And you just sort of took it that I'd done a terrible job. Because yeah. some days you think, oh, it's not very yeah, good. Yeah, was I, cri was I a critical so, person to work with? Or no, no, you weren't at all critical, but I just, I, I was being a bit selfish. <laughs> I haven't done a very good job. Yeah. And you just agreed with me because you looked, oh, you haven't? Oh, no. Yeah. Well, why didn't you do? Didn't you yeah. Like, yeah. Why didn't you do better then? Why didn't yeah. you? Uh, yeah. That, I don't know. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I remember that. But then someone else said, "No, yeah. no, he's done a good yeah. job," and then you went, "Oh, look, you've done yeah. a good job." But yeah. you only thought I'd done a good job when someone yeah. else pointed out yeah. I'd done a good yeah. job. Yeah, I believe exactly. Yeah. exactly. <laughs> it was wonderful having the publishers um, enjoy working with Mark so much because I'd had a history with them. I, yes, I'd yeah. The publishers. This and is Alan and Unwin, Alan right? Alan and Unwin, and they, right. and they um, really enjoyed the process and they oh, loved the cover. Cool. So the cover was the first thing to come and mm -hmm. that was perfect. Do you want to have a shout out to your editor or the designers, or the book designers? Jodie Webster's the publisher. Elise Jones has been our beautiful editor. And the designer is uh, brilliant, Sandra. And I know she's, I see her name in the back of all the kids' books. Fantastic. And, um, yeah. Yeah, she's so, I think yeah, she's. And, 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 and Erica. Erica Wagner originally um, read Lewis Carmichael, the story. Oh, right. Okay, it? yes, yes. Yes, yeah, oh, all, all of the team have been absolutely... Really, really fantastic. Yeah. Well, just to wrap it up, there is a quote here I'm going to quote to you. 
and you'll know it because it's I think it is from Lewis Carmichael I hope it is if it's not it's a great quote <laughs> uh, through the pain of growing up and getting real we listen to the song of ourselves and learn we are enough you know it's I did that that, that, that I wrote that about the book the song of ourselves thank you for you oh. know how important in this day and age to hear the song of ourselves and, and I didn't know oh, oh Sophie's about to give us a song <laughs> but you guys have given us a song and joy with this book and I hope uh, I hope it will touch touch many you. many hearts wow. um it's been a really lovely reunion uh, via <laughs> via the podcast and Adrian thank thank you for inviting me to be a part of this as well for listeners who want to find out a little more about the book obviously they can go and visit sophielaguna.com Com. Mm -hmm. .au is it or just top, .com? I think it's .com. .au. I don't know anything. It's, it's, this is a perfect example. It's com. I know that. She doesn't know her own website. Okay. And yours She's is... a book about it. She'd know it. <laughs> and Mark, yours is Mark McBride. Oh, yeah. Small c, markmcbride.com. He doesn't know the .com. Uh, and thank you so much, guys. It's just been oh, really lovely. Yeah, it's thank really, you. really such a... your insight into Sufi as well because I think I learned things there as well. <laughs> I, you know, as we're speaking, I, I just want to start I, I that just, far in St Kilda. I want, I want to I, you that. know, I, I'm awkward, but I did think, no, you were there once. I have to. So I was you, there once. you came, you came to St Kilda a couple of times. Mm -hmm. I remember yeah. you there. I just hope, you know, because there's plenty of energy between between all of us, and I hope for um, listeners, you know, I hope listeners will will um, be able to hear our enthusiasm and and the energy here that we've been able to share in, oh, in the Zoom. Nice. I hope, you know, I hope yeah. it. Will translate. Oh, absolutely. I think yes, it for sure. exactly. Well, everyone, your success is our success. You know, we 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 punch above our weight here in Australia, don't we? And I love our the world we're in, and that we're able to be create for kids and for adults, yeah. and to be able to be creatives in Australia. That's that's important. So I know the ones who are listening to it now, they are creatives out there listening to this, and they need to listen that there is this community out there that we are out here to support each other. Yeah. And, and so, for, you know, we look we can look back at twenty years and. See our growth right and you see our growth and you go this is what it's about it's wonderful seeing each other grow through through this creative process over the years yeah. so i'm glad you're still here and you're still creating and i know there's more to come from both of you really so and we'll have to talk about that next yeah. next time right of course well yeah thank you so much uh, sophie and mark for joining us and hearing all about your amazing insights into the process behind this fabulous new book, The Song of Lewis Carmichael, which, as I've said, is just is just a remarkable new book. And we hope that everyone finds it and enjoys it because it's it's truly, I, I keep hearing it being described as a modern classic and I absolutely agree. So congratulations, guys. It's Brilliant. wonderful. Congratulations. Wow. Thank and thank you to everyone who's listening to this uh, Australia Reads special. We hope that everyone finds some time to dive into a story for Australia Reads and uh, and if you're a creative out there always remember Sophie's motto let it be dumb <laughs> let it be dumb hey. Hey. <laughs> thanks guys thanks for listening to the Words and Nerds podcast as Adrian and Felice said these episodes are in partnership with Australia Reads because reading is the key to a smarter healthier happier nation hopefully you'll make some time to read today and don't forget to check out all the other Words and Nerds episodes that highlight the incredible work of many talented book creators because literature really has the power to change the world thank you Felice and Adrian